Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light, the private writings of the Saint of Calcutta. Appendix A continued. Continuation of the rules that Mother Teresa handwrote to Archbishop Perrier around Corpus Christi, 1947. The Vows. Absolute Poverty. By this vow, the sister binds herself to absolute poverty. She renounces the right of possessing anything whatsoever as her own. To the temporal things of this world, she shall be like one dead. The clothes will be kept, washed, and mended in common. They shall also eat, sleep, and work in common. The food will be cooked and served according to the rules of the country in which they live. The missionaries of charity will not possess buildings of their own, but depend for shelter on the charity of the bishop under whom they work. The best room and the best of what they have must be used for the chapel. The house may possess a bus, a bicycle, a boat, which the sisters will learn to use when on the mission field. The superior, with another sister, will sometimes go begging for food, clothes, medicine for the poor. None of these are to be used by the sisters. For their own maintenance, the sisters will work at the farm, make different things which can be sold, and cash used to provide food and clothing for the sisters. We need nothing else. Things which will be helpful. Things which will help the world to creep in must never be accepted by anyone, not even superiors. We must be free from all. The things that are most necessary will be carefully and kindly provided by the superior. But if a sister falls ill, she must be given everything that the doctor thinks necessary. She must be put in a room where she could easily hear Holy Mass and have daily Holy Communion if she so wishes. The sisters will have no servants. All the work of the house must they do. And if the numbers permit, their clothes and food must be the fruit of their hands. Angelic Chastity By this second vow, the sister binds herself to remain a virgin and to abstain from any act which is opposed to chastity. Angelic purity must be the aim of each sister, and to preserve it, they must have a personal love for the most pure heart of Mary and guard their hearts free from any affection, however small. For a pure heart will easily see God in his poor and forget herself. 
any difficulties or temptations arising from their continual intercourse with the poor must be revealed to the confessor sincerely and simply. Cheerful Obedience By this vow, the sister binds herself to obey the lawful superior in all things which are connected with the life of the missionaries of charity. The sisters will obey cheerfully, promptly, blindly, and simply. They should remember that it is not her or she whom they obey, but he, Jesus Christ, for whose sake and whom they obey in all. Perfect Obedience the powerful guardian of peace, brings joy to the heart and unites the soul closely to God, to his holy will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle God of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What are the three temptations that our Lord had to undergo? Well, after he was baptized, he was driven into the desert. And the devil tempted him in many different ways. But the scriptures reveal three. The first was that he might turn bread. He might turn the stone into bread. Second, that he might fall down and worship Satan so that all the kingdoms of the world that he saw might be his. And third, he was asked to throw himself off the temple so the angels might catch him. He wouldn't hurt himself, make a display of himself, impress people. In other words, Satan put before him bodily pleasures, food, external goods, riches, kingdoms, and spiritual goods, that is, adoration of other people, or at least admiration, some kind of recognition of his greatness. Spiritual goods, external goods, bodily goods. These are the three basic kinds of things that Jesus was tempted with. And this corresponds to what St. John says, that in the world, there's the concupiscence of the flesh, the concupiscence of the eyes, and the pride of life. In other words, there are these three kind of general wounds in our souls, in the world, when we act not as Christ wants us to, but in a kind of worldly way, putting this world as all there is, we're drawn to bodily goods, we're drawn to external goods, concupiscence of the eyes, 
And we're drawn to some kind of spiritual good, some kind of excessive desire for our own greatness, the pride of life. Well, isn't this also what Adam and Eve were tempted with? Adam failed to protect his wife, and the devil came to Eve. The devil showed her the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And she looked at the tree, and she saw that it was good to taste, pleasing to look at, and apt to make her wise. Again, the same three things, bodily tasting, pleasing to the eye, something that was kind of an external thing, and apt to make her wise, a spiritual good. Well, these are the three general ways that we are all tempted. And so, the Catholic tradition, following our Lord's own teaching, developed and promoted three vows, poverty, chastity, and obedience. See, if we want to help ourselves to resist these external goods, the kingdoms of the world, the things that are pleasing to the eye, well, if we take a vow of poverty, if we promise not to own anything, this will help us see all the things outside of us, the temporal things of this world, Mother Teresa calls them, as though they weren't alive, we're dead to them. We renounce the right to possess them. And if we don't possess them, then it will be difficult for us to want them too much. The vow of poverty greatly helps us to avoid sins dealing with external things. And if we have a desire for the bodily pleasures, well, we take a vow of chastity, perfect chastity, never to make use of the power of life that we have. And if we've already made use of it in our former life, then we promise the Lord from this day forward, I won't use it in that way. I will avoid any act which is opposed to chastity. I will keep myself completely for the Lord. And if we can say no to the strongest and most pleasurable of the bodily desires, that is, the desire of sexual pleasure, if we can say no to that, then the Lord will help us say no to all kinds of other bodily desires. Why? because we want to live perfectly in love with Jesus. We want his will to reign in us. We want to do his will, and we don't want to be thrown off by attractions to the things of this world or to bodily pleasures that are not according to his will. And finally, our own will, that pride of life, the desire for spiritual goods, goods of the soul, which are excessive. And that's where obedience comes in. Because the obedient person who makes a vow of obedience all at one time takes her will and says, I will do the will of another. I will follow another's will for the rest of my life. And if we surrender ourselves to the will of another, then we're immediately cutting off that pride of life. At least we're helping ourselves 
We're giving ourselves a great bonus, a great assistance in renouncing that desire for our own will, our own glorification, obedience, chastity, poverty. These are the intensifications of our baptismal promises, which from the beginning of our life we made to renounce Satan and all his work and all his empty promises. We want to live for the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We cannot make bodily pleasures, the goods of this world, or even our own spiritual goods, our own spiritual desires, our goods of soul. We cannot make any of these God, because the God we worship is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And Mother Teresa wants each of us, in our own way, to live the spirit of poverty, the spirit of chastity, the spirit of obedience. We may not be able to make a permanent vow, a direct promise to God, but each in our own way have to ask the Lord to help us not to live for bodily pleasures, not to live for goods of this world, not to live for the goods of our soul. We must make use of these things according to our vocation, according to our state. But God alone will make us happy. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.